Podcast. A Magical Myth Entertainment Production. Hosted by Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-hosted by Saul Ravencraft. Sponsored by Ever Moving Lee Rise and Moonlight Potions and Charms. Executive Producer Nikki Kirby. And welcome to Witch Hat Chats. Come on in and sit for a spell. <laughs> we are sponsored by Ever Moving We Rise, Moonlight Potions and Charms, and Saul Ravencraft hired him for a wizard. That wasn't right, was it? No, not at all. <laughs> but that's that's okay. That's am, okay. Okay. So I am the ahead. wizard for hire, uh, and because uh, uh, I, I have been saying Saul Cra- Ravencraft wizard, and um, and that resonated. People enjoy that, but uh, I've I've decided that I want to emphasize part of that that I am for hire. <laughs> Uh, not just a pretty face. Um, yes, yes. And not... I am your goddess host, Miss Nikki. And then this is the wizard down here, down there, down that way, down that way, or <laughs> that way, you know, whichever way we want to point. The wizard for hire, who is our co host, Saul Ravencraft. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get right. So how did you survive the ice apocalypse? It's cold. <laughs> we uh, we actually had a, a, a accumulation of ice um, for several days, and uh, it uh, it just knocked a lot of things down. Uh, it's the reason why we weren't. Uh, with you last Sunday uh, was that electricity and uh, internet and all those things that are required to make this happen just weren't uh, they they weren't working. <laughs> um, we we got out pretty well. There were a lot of people that had more trouble, uh, but what happened with us was. Uh, when power comes into your home, there are two lines that come in, two 120-volt lines. And those two get combined to make a 240-volt line to run things like your heater and your water heater and your dryer and your stove. And one of my lines had snapped. So we had electricity but we didn't have all of our electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, we had no heater, but we could run space heaters. We had no stove, but we could run the microwave. And we had no hot water. And I, I had something I had to do, and I tried, I tried to shower with that, but that water was like 30 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it just well maybe closer to 40 30 it would have been frozen but it was i i 
I tried and I oh it was it was pathetic it was pathetic yeah um, so uh so I had to just make do <laughs> um but a lot of tree damage um because in the Austin area we've had uh, we've had the big freeze that happened a couple of years ago and then we've had drought and the trees are all very stressed and so you hang all this ice on them and a lot of them just could not take it um and there was one tree um that we planted when my daughter was born to provide shade into her window and uh it's uh i think a pistache of some sort my wife picked it out uh well my daughter moved out uh, a couple of weeks or so ago and that tree just split uh and uh i don't know i don't know if it will survive uh but uh that was that was kind of interesting and uh, so yeah it's it's been interesting and believe it or not there are some people in Austin uh, that as the time we're talking right now uh, are still without power they've been in without power for a week and uh, yeah it's just it's just extraordinary my my situation did get fixed uh, we lucked into it. I just happened to talk to some guys working on another project, and there was a guy that uh, I guess was a supervisor that went, well, while we're here, we can take a quick look, and they were able to fix it quickly. So, wizard. Uh, <laughs> sometimes he's manifest. Uh, so did you all have to deal with a lot of ice, or was it just cold? It was just cold for us. Yeah. So, and it was cold, and of course, it rained. Right. We are so sick of the rain. We have to, <laughs> we have been trying for months to fix our fence because we've mm. got a big boxer next door. And our boxer and our little chihuahua do not get along. <laughs> so the boxer has kind of punched a hole in. And it's moved the fence a little bit, and every time it's been raining and raining and raining, and we've been wanting the um, ground to kind of solidify. And every time it it starts to try to dry out, it rains. <laughs> well, you can send some of that rain my way. We'll take it. I've been trying to send it your way, <laughs> and then when we finally started to send it to California, California didn't send it. <laughs> Now, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All righty. So, you want to know what our divination is? Yes, indeed. All right. So, our tea divination is when nothing goes right, go left. Wise yeah. word. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, no words. kidding. Uh, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Also, although they they also say that that uh, two wrongs don't make a right, but three lefts do. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, what is our marvelous little bit of topic that we are going to be discussing today? Well, uh, 
I think you and I have, have had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of changes going on. Uh, and I think... You know, well, you know, I think that I was asked a question and I told this person, I said, you know what? This is a question I am going to ask my friend, my brother, Saul Ravencraft, because he is the one who does more of this than I do. And you know how Saul does all this kind of weird, you know, kind of stuff, you know, with the spirits and stuff. <laughs> so, so Saul, my, you know, just out of curiosity, this, this guy, he was, he was really curious. You know, when you're in the middle of like, let's say a seance. All right. Or some form of entertainment type of stuff. You're sitting down with a group of people. And for some reason, something kind of goes weird. A little, a little <laughs> crazy. You, you know? mean like every time? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, not something real Hollywood-like, you know, they're not throwing things, you know, across the room or anything like that. But, you know, something that goes a little bit off, a little bit weird. Things are going just a little bit out of normal, you know. Yeah, I hear you. So do you let it continue to go out of normal or do you just try to um, write it off, you know, try to bring it back in and just explain it away? Well, let's uh, let's pause for a moment and talk a little bit about exactly what it is I do, uh, because it is difficult to explain, which has uh, been uh, been a problem uh, for me to to spread the word and and get more people engaged. Uh, and yet, I feel that what I'm doing is just the right thing. Uh, it's just. Uh, understanding how to, to describe the context. So I have a couple of modes. Uh, there is a metaphysical mode. It's uh, it's where I am when I'm on witch hat chats. Uh, I am a magical practitioner. I am genuinely curious about the occult. And all of my interests in that are sincere. Uh, when I do a, a, a seance situation, uh, I am sincere in what I'm doing. Uh, having said that, there are sort of two flavors of how that may go. Uh, there are the ones that I will do with people who are seriously concerned about something, seriously interested in deepening their spirit connection. And then there are people that are just kind of curious. Uh, gee, I wonder what it's like to have a seance. Uh, so, depending on the people that you have is going to be the nature of the experience. Uh, the people who are genuinely interested in opening themselves up to spirit connection uh, will sit for a couple of hours waiting for something to happen and being patient and breathing and doing that sort of thing. Uh, those that are psi-curious uh, are a little less interested in doing that. And so there are very different modes that I approach uh, each one. When I'm doing entertainment, I am genuinely using my intuition to connect with things. 
doing my best. Uh, but I also recognize that it is a show. And so I use my theatrical background, I use hypnotic language, I use storytelling, I use setting, lighting, music, sound, everything that I can do to make this entertaining. Uh, and so in those situations, we don't necessarily go as deep uh, as we would if people were wanting to to exercise their uh, their own powers. Uh, but even though what I'm doing is more theatrical in nature, uh, I am weaving into this ideas that I think are important. An example, I talk, uh, and this is something that I do in virtually every uh, presentation that I do. Uh, I ask how many people collect crystals. Do you collect crystals, Nikki? Of course. How many do you have? I lost count. Yeah, yeah. I find <laughs> that that's true. People who collect crystals, they, they don't just say, yeah, I, I got a couple of them. <laughs> they, uh, they collect them and they have a bunch of them. Um, and I talk about crystals. I talk about the way that the people think about crystals. Um, and and uh, I joke a little bit about how crystals are judged by their mathematical per, uh, perfection, even though any crystal, no matter how rough it is, has that vibration. Uh, and so you can save a lot of money by going for the ugly crystals. <laughs> but then I pull out a river stone. And uh, the river stone is a rock that falls in the water. And the water caresses it over days and years and centuries and it wears away the rough corners and it reveals the inner qualities of the stone. Uh, river stones have the energy of both water and earth which make them grounding and healing. And river stones you can just find laying next to the river. <laughs> you, don't, you know I had to go into a big fancy store uh, or wait for the metaphysical fair uh, to get that thing. Uh, it's just there for you. And so I pass around this stone to the group as a whole or a portion of the group, depending on the size I'm working with. And I explain that, that left hand receives, right hand gives. So hold the stone and think of one thing right now that is weighing you down, something that's distracting you, something that's keeping you being completely in the now and enjoying yourself fully in this moment. Uh, and I give a few examples. Uh, and just take a stone, take the stone, put one thing into it, just imagine it going into the stone, and then pass it on to the next person. Um, it doesn't take long. Just, just send one thing and send it on. Now, if you feel like you need a long time with the stone, see me after. Uh, and that always gets a laugh. And then we start the stone around. In the meantime, I get someone to come up who is willing to do something on behalf of the entire audience. And uh, they come up. I pull out some spoons. Uh, they select a, a couple that we're going to work with. Uh, I have someone in the audience, and I make a joke about this. I, we, we need to have a control. Uh, you, you look like a control person. And I go toward the guy sitting there like this. Uh, and uh, he picks the spoon that's not, that we're not going to do anything with it. He just holds on to it. 
uh, stone makes its way up, person helping me puts their thing into the stone, and then I have them put their hands out, the stone in the left hand, and, and their other hand out, uh, and I hold the spoon in my hand, and we have them do a vocalization. They basically yell at the spoon. <laughs> And just let let that energy from the stone help focus that. And as they do that, the spoon visibly bends. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and they feel a difference in the stone. And we um, we do it again. We have everybody vocalize this time, and the spoon bends more, and they feel a definite difference in that stone. And I uh, send them back to the audience with the stone uh, so that anytime they are feeling stressed out, they can just send that into the stone. Uh, but then I talk about grounding, that, that uh, you saw what that energy could do, and you got to let go of it somehow. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it goes in your heart or your liver. <laughs> And and that's not where we want that. And and you know it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be a walk in the woods. It can be a, a bath with a glass of wine. Maybe a bath with a bottle of wine. Uh, but you got to take the time to let that stuff go. Otherwise, you get very weird and not in a good way. Um, and so we've done something theatrical. We've done something fun. There have been funny moments in all of that. But out of it, there's a real there's something real about taking the time to ground yourself and do self-care. And nobody knows who that appointment is with. Nobody has to know. You just booked for this hour while you breathe <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and once you develop the habit of making yourself your own customer and, and doing that, that private work, it's better. And it's funny, after the last... Uh, performance I did uh, where I got to do that in, in Houston uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the person who had brought me over um, had a photo of a moment in that show, and and she said, uh, now I'm off to find some river stones. That's stock, right? And, uh, and so a lot of the things that I do, we stay at that kind of high level. Um, but then uh, there are situations where it goes a little deeper, and this gets into when I do um, uh, spirit messages, which is something that I do. Now, the spirit messages are going to be driven by what people ask. And so when people keep that ask at a high level, then that's where we stay. And they're kind of general, and sometimes they're funny. Um, but sometimes people will, will ask. Now... I think I've got time to tell you this uh, before before I break. I'm gonna I'm gonna go quick. Um, so one of my first encounters with this this is when I was just purely theatrical and I wasn't even thinking about uh, the deeper meanings of what I could be doing. I was at the Museum of the Weird. Very early on, there wasn't a tour or anything. I would just sit in this upper room and hold court. People would make their way up. They'd stay as long as they wanted, and then they would leave when they wanted and I would just do stuff and we'd talk and it was interesting. So at one point I was doing uh, an experiment where I try to get someone's name and um, 
they focused on the name. Uh, there was three young ladies, and uh, one of them focused on this name. And I said, I want you to imagine that you go, and the phone rings, and you pick up the phone, and you say, hello, uh, you, uh, and, and this voice says hello, and you recognize the voice, and you say, hello, Daniel? And she immediately began to ugly cry. And I panicked inside because everyone I talked to about going deeper and 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 doing doing the the kinds of things I was doing, working with the ideas that I was working with, um, instead of just doing card tricks like you should do, uh, opening that door, um, said that that you were just you were going to hurt people and and you would you would you know start to become nefarious and and cheat them out of money and and all that kind of thing which didn't feel like me but but that's what they said uh but in this moment when she began to ugly cry i'm like oh my god i just broke her <laughs> oh Oh, no, everything they said is right. I just really, really screwed up. And her friends sitting on other on either side of her are looking at me like, you asshole. And <laughs> and they were like reaching for the tasers and the pepper spray. And 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 I mean, I was in trouble and I didn't say anything. My training had been when things get too heavy, you, you tell a joke or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, don't don't. Don't let it don't let it be serious. But in this moment, I was for some reason inspired to do nothing. And after a moment, she went, no, 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 it's OK. And she explained that Daniel was someone she had known in high school, which wasn't too far away for her, who had committed suicide. And for whatever and, and she had always wondered if he was OK, she had been concerned about him. And for whatever reason, me finding his name, me saying that name, she decided that meant he was okay. I didn't ask her to think of a dead person. I thought she'd think of a boyfriend or something like that. It freaked me out that she thought of a dead person who had committed suicide. She, she put a lot of weight on me in that moment that was supposed to just be a fun little experience here, a little intuition game. Um, but it taught me that sometimes with what I do, it becomes bigger than me, mm -hmm. that we're just having fun, but I never know what, what people are going to put on this and what they're going to get from it. And so I try to do everything through love no judgment, no manipulation, right? And I also try to to deal with people where they are and what they put into it. And sometimes I have to deflect an emotion like that and go, can't do this right now, but let, let's talk later if you want to. Um, and and you know we, we move in a different direction. But I don't ever make fun of what their what their reaction is. And I don't ever, uh, I don't ever try to to make it unimportant when something weird is going on. Uh, and I also don't try to shut it down the way that I used to. So we can talk talk more about some odd experiences and and where 
my peers who are in the entertainment industry uh, don't know what to do with me. And uh, it creates it creates some trouble for me. Fair enough. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> and with that, we are going to um, let our sponsors entertain you with their marvelous, marvelous products and services. And we will be right back with Witch Hat Chaps. Anybody can tell you what is on a tarot or oracle card. What matters is seeing beyond what others may not be able to see and help the client to uncover what lies in the mist. What do readings from Moonlight Potions and Charms do? Wednesday, I did this ancestor reading and it was an amazing reading. And it was a detailed reading. And I remember talking to this customer's ancestors and it was so delightful and he wanted some questions to be answered about the magic in his family because he didn't know and his family was mostly like most of our families are you know how everything is like hush hush when it comes to the magic in his family and he wanted to know who can he actually talk to about the history of the magic in his family and I was able to give him specifically who he can go to to talk to about that. What particular deity he can actually go to to be able to help him with this. And it was just an amazing reading and, and talking to his ancestors. They were such a delight and they told me so much about this customer. It was just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful reading for him. And I was just so happy to be able to give him this wonderful reading. It's really amazing to be able to give people these readings, these products that's really going to help them. And be able to give back to the community. Because this is what Moonlight Posters and Charms is about. We want to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. That is what we are all about, is to help you to do that. Book now and allow our wonderful staff to take care of your spiritual reading needs. And there is so much more in our Wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Potions and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. I'm Saul Ravencraft, co-host of Witch Hat Chats. I understand just how confusing and chaotic it can be to open to a path of magic and manifestation. Everything seems to turn on its head. I want to be an ally as you find the way upon your path. My studio setup will let us do readings, coaching, and exploration virtually, just as though you were sitting across the table from me. One size does not fit all, and we will work together to craft the right approaches to build your practice, your confidence, and your power 
using the tools of divination, magical works, and spirit connections. It's never too late to embrace a new path and emerge empowered. Go to TexasMojoMan.com and select Contact to begin. There's a message now. Let's get started working on your very good fortune. Have you wondered what spirituality is? Spirituality is limitless, as it does not contain any boundaries on beliefs or practices. Spirituality's most important component is personal experience and allows one to explore it freely. Every Moving We Rise is a spiritual moving tradition, as our name is our lifestyle, because we are persistently rising and moving forward. We realize that everyone's spiritual journey is extremely personal, but more easily traveled with reinforcement. We'll teach you to become friends with your shadow, emerge your authentic self, and give you time and space to develop your own spirituality. And when situations bump back, you'll have the entire community behind you as we are a magical family who work to sustain each other. Discover the benefits of working within a society dedicated to helping you grow on your personal path. Visit us on our website, Linktree, or Facebook page and discover why we don't fit in the box. Welcome back to Witch Hat Chats. It is I, Soul Ravencraft, Wizard for Hire, and I am here with Miss Nikki, who is still giggling. She laughed all the way through the commercials, uh, which is fine, is fine. Um, I got a question for you, but before that, I do want to give a few examples of situations where being open has changed what's happened in a performance, whether I intended to or not. Um, it happens a lot when we get into spirit messages, um, which is a section I tend to do at certain shows uh, where it's it's big enough that we can have a couple of halves. At Sherwood, I do more of the intuition games at my first performance at midday. And then at the six o'clock show where I don't have any one stage after me, I get to indulge myself a little bit. And so then we'll do we'll do the spirit messages. And depending on what's going on, uh, people write them down um, and uh, put them in a big bucket for me to to work with or sometimes if, if it's a small audience i'll just have them hold things in their heart and uh i'll uh, i'll just use tarot to to help guide me uh when we got a bunch of them I'll, I'll you know go all out put on a blindfold and feel my way through things and and you know make it very very exciting but what happens you don't in throw these darts? say it again you don't throw darts i Damn. don't throw darts darts Damn. are dangerous you have they'll, to throw they'll... your show They'll poke Don't your eye out. Set people say, "Hey, you." <laughs> um, but uh, a couple of a couple of moments stand out at me. One was quite some time ago, and it was when I was doing a séance demonstration. Um, and so it was sort of part séance, part spirit message, and how we were approaching it, uh, because that's that's what people wanted to experience. Uh, and there was one point where I had uh, 
uh, I had said something, and after after it was all over, we were talking, doing sort of a a post processing of the experience, and there was a guy that said, you know, I I know he didn't see what I was asking, uh, but when he addressed my question, he looked at me, and he said my father's words and my father's voice. And there's no way he could have done that. And as he was talking about that, you know, you sit there and go, ooh, ooh. But inside you're going, really, did I? <laughs> That's weird. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I don't know how I did that. Mm -hmm. um, and and that was, that was a potent moment. There was one more recently at Mama Merlot's where we did the spirit messages. And there was, I, I was getting an impression of Guy's father. And so just stuff, stuff popped into my head. So, so the first thought I, I, I thought of when I thought about someone's dad was, how's the car running? <laughs> and I said that, and I said a dad joke or two. And then I said something like, how about them cowboys? And, um, and this, this was my skeptic in the audience. He was the guy that was like this for most of the time. But um, and there was something about a fire. I said something about fire at some point. So afterwards, when we were sitting around and, and just hanging out, she said, can I tell you why that was so amazing? And I'm like, sure. And she said that they had recently gotten a car, like a Mustang or something like that. They had had an issue where it had caught on fire. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it was alarming. And... Um, the, the guy was hated the cowboys and he and his dad always used to joke about that. So the fact that those were the things that popped in my head to say were deeply meaningful for them. And I thought I was just being a smart ass. <laughs> right. And it's, it's this, this idea of assuming the Godhead, the idea of in ancient Egypt in the temple, that if you were in the temple of Anubis, that sometimes you would take a shift and you would wear this elaborate mask of Anubis. And while you wore that mask, you Anubis would speak through you and would act through you. And it was called assuming the Godhead. And um, I, I used to have a very cynical view of that. Well, yeah, someone would put on the Godhead and they'd say, oh, you need to sleep with a priest. Or something like that. You know, came from Anubis. Can't be wrong. Uh, a very cynical view of that. And and now I I kind of get it that that the universe will work through you if you open yourself to it. And it doesn't have to be some deeply serious ritual where you're going to do it. It can be in the midst of 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 just doing your stuff. Now I know you have got some kind of stories where where um, where the universe the gods the goddesses things bigger than you have intruded on your ceremony to either uh, uh show themselves or teach you something you gotta have a story well you know like i told you um all my life the dead have always been around me and I grew up with two brothers, 
who it was a miracle that I actually survived to adulthood. <laughs> now you told me that your brothers were only mentally dead. Oh my God. <laughs> my brothers would lose me all the time. I had one that he drove the bus. He drove a school bus. And I used to hate it when my mom would say, oh, don't ride your normal bus home. You need to ride the bus that your brother's driving. Because nine times out of ten, it was never the right bus that I was told to get on. And so the first time that this happened, I was five years old. And I got onto the bus. And, of course, it wasn't my brother who was the bus driver. So I tried to get off. And the teachers refused to let me get off and get onto my normal bus. And so when you're five years old, and you know this bus is going to go nowhere near your house, and you're forced to stay there, yeah, you're 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 absolutely you have no understanding on how the hell you're going to get home. And by the way, this was back before they had cell phones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Before they had the internet, um, if you had a had a pager, that meant you were a drug dealer, or you were a police officer. So either you were a police officer or a drug dealer if you had a pager. And they had what was called pay phones back then, which they don't have those now. So, so I'm I'm five years old. I'm on this bus. And, of course, I'm crying because I have no idea how the hell I'm getting home. Right. And I didn't want to go back to my elementary school. And so people are trying to calm me down. And I know and I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to get in trouble with my mom because I'm not going to be home. And so... Here I am, and I I talked to the bus driver. And back in those days, they were not as strict as they are now when it came to little kids. Right. And so I saw one of my sisters had passed the year I was born, so I never got to meet her. Her name was Michelle, and she was four years old. And I got to see her. And she told me to get off at Dunbar School, which was another elementary school. And so I convinced the bus driver to let me off at Dunbar School, which was a school that my bus was always has stopped at before they went to my house. So this bus driver, who would never do it now, <laughs> they would never do that stuff now, let me off. At Dunbar. And so I sit down right there outside of Dunbar School. I have no idea how long it was before my bus came. But I sit out there, Dunbar School, with my ghost sister and another little ghost boy who I didn't realize until many, many years later was my uncle who happened to be my um, mother's brother who had died. And she was a child. 
and to get me onto the bus that went to my house. And so when that bus came, I got onto that bus and I was able to go home. So they had appeared to me several times to get me home. So if it wasn't for them, I never would have got home. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, this was during a time in which I had a mother who taught me how to read and write, how what my name was, what my mother's name was, our phone number, our address, where she worked, um, the phone number to her workplace, everything that I needed to know in case I came across a police officer or something like that. You know, stuff that really parents really need to teach their kids these days mm -hmm. in case they get lost. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things in which now they tell this, this school, and this is what amazes me about schools now, they don't want you to teach your children the ABCs. Like, what the <laughs> hell? They don't want to teach your kids ABCs or how to read. What the hell? You know, my mom taught all of us kids how to read, write, and our math and everything. They taught us how to tie our own shoes and, sh and shit right, before right. we went to school. You know, that's what parents do is teach our kids how to be able to live in the world, you know, before you go to school. Sure. Because if you don't and the kid gets lost, well, my mommy's name is Mommy. That yeah. does not help yeah, a police help. officer. No. You know, how to find mom or how to find dad yeah. if yeah. the child is lost. And so what's happened? The parents start to freak out. They don't know where their kid is at. You know, and it's what the hell? Anyway. Sure, sure. So, so what, about a, what about a situation uh, maybe involved in your in, in your current practice, maybe in a ritual or something like that, where where things got uh, interesting. Oh my God, I had I've had friends that have told me they love to be around me because they said weird shit happens around you, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I don't know how to take that. Well, it's not boring. <laughs> and to me, weird shit is like normal. You know, I've, yeah. I've really gotten used to that because I've had to learn how to kind of back off things mm -hmm. because I will answer a question that you ask in your mind and I will sometimes hear it. And I will just answer that. Right. Um, but no, I have actually gone on to walks and let's see here. I remember I was at a friend's house and we were in the middle of a ritual and she has a ghost at her home and we were outside and I forgot what ritual we was at. It's one of the full moons, I believe. And he called me out of circle and told me I needed to go in the house because she has cats. And one of her cats, because she's got a gas stove, 
and the stove had um, the turners on top of the stove, and it had them on the bottom. And she's got cats, and one of her cats had turned on one of the knobs of the stove. Wow. Yeah. And so he told me, he says, you really need, I said, I'm in the middle of a circle right now. He's like, no, you need to come in. Otherwise, the house is going to burn down. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> says, you need to come in. That'll get and your so, attention. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> she had cast a circle so big that if anybody needed to go to the bathroom, of course, you know, you can right. just go in and, and go to the bathroom because we all make a rule that, and I still make the rule that if you have to go to the bathroom, because you never know when Mother Nature is going to say, hey, we need to go. We need to That's go right, right now, right? Um, so I literally excused myself, and I walked in, and yep, yep, that burner was, I was like, DJ. Wow. <laughs> and I, and I <laughs> cut it off, and I made sure everything was cut off and, you know, took everything off of the stove. And make sure everything was safe before I went back and joined into the circle again. And then after everything, after the circle had, you know, we had closed the circle and everything, I told her what had happened because one of her pots was actually burnt. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I told her, I said, you're going to have to replace a pot and have a um, talk with me. <laughs> because she couldn't hear him. She, she, um, can't hear ghosts or see ghosts or anything like that. She knows he's he's she can feel them, but she can't see them or hear them. Right. I can't. Right. And she knows I can't. So um, and I told her, I said, he literally came and got me. And yeah, the pot was burning. <laughs> so that's incredible. <laughs> now, a friend of mine, um, who uh, was a priestess in a coven, uh, may still be, but uh, she described a situation where she had been performing a ritual and uh, a god or goddess had entered into her uh, as she was performing the ritual. And she said it, it didn't do anything very specific it because uh, they've been invoking right and and it answered and she said that that she just she just suddenly felt very big and a little bit like a stranger in her own body and she just remembered this feeling of power and strength and bigness and it just looked around at the circle and kind of went yeah all right all right, very good. And then it went away. And uh, that she she said it, it was just the most incredible feeling, uh, the most incredible experience. And and it, you know, nothing really profound happened in that moment. No proclamations or anything like that. Uh, no one else experienced it but her. Um, uh, except she did say someone said she looked a little odd for a moment, but uh, but it was it was just like that, and 
people experience these things in different ways. Like what you were talking about, you know, being able to feel the ghost, but not see it. And that's, that's the whole point of all of this. Well, when I invoked uh, Mama Bridget at our last ritual, Uh I don't remember what I did. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember anything, but I do know that that it's gone. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I do know. Well, we'll look forward to to the stories surfacing about uh, (laughs) Nikki and that crazy ritual. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, I mean, I was told that that, um, I did a really good job with her. It wasn't nice. recorded, um, but that that's common when it comes to a lot of voodoo rituals is that you don't right. remember. Sure. Um, just like with my surgery, um, things are just now coming back from when I was under. Right. You know, from, from them. When I was um, with, when I would invoke like Hecate, I would remember what I did. I don't mm-hmm. remember a lot of what was said, but it would be like I would take a passenger, you know, I'd be sitting, we'd be like in an airplane and she would be the pilot and I would be like a co pilot. So that means I could take the rings anytime, it would be right. fine. But in, but during voodoo, it was completely different. Um, I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember. I do remember giving permission. Uh huh. I do remember um, slaying out an agreement because okay. there were certain things I was not willing to do. There were certain things that um, if I felt that I didn't want to do X, Y, or Z, that I could go, you know, there were certain things I could say or or do or whatever, and I would come out of it um, that we had agreed upon. But as far as what I did or what I said, that I don't remember that. And the drinking, it didn't bother me. Right. And you know me, I don't drink that much. I rarely drink, especially when it comes to um, spicy foods and stuff like that. I can't handle that. Right, right. And um, and they and when it comes to Mama Bridget, she likes um, the fireball stuff, which I'm not supposed <laughs> to. Have, period. Um, and so that was definitely off the table, uh-huh. but. Um, you know, when it comes to actually being possessed, it's just different depending on what type of possession it is as sure. well. Well, um, I am deeply interested in that list of things that you won't do. Um, but uh, it looks like we're out of time. It is. And so... Oh, that went very, very quickly, didn't it? Yes, it did. 
<laughs> all right. So that's all for our show today. Join us next week when Saul and I will be chatting with Heather Graham. So embrace your power, support your community, and keep your fuzzy babies, your family, friends, and yourself safe. And have an absolute magical week. You have been listening to Whips Hack Chats. Host, Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-host, Saul Ravencraft. Executive producer, Nikki Kirby. Producer, Saul Ravencraft. Video editor, Magical Miss Entertainment. Miss Made Productions. Witch Hat Chats theme song, The Middle Witch by Serena Janini. Magical Miss Entertainment. Miss Made Productions. Sponsored by Ever Moving We Ride, Moonlight Places and Charms, Texas Mojo Man, copyrighted 2020 through 2022 by Nikki Kirby and Witch Cat Chats, trademark, all rights reserved. All material of Witch Hat Chats is a trademark of Nikki Kirby and Magical Myth Entertainment. This podcast is for information only and is not an offering of sale of any security of Witch Hat Chats trademark or its projects or its affiliates. All video, audio, and music are the property of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark and may not be disclosed, distributed, or reproduced without the express written permission of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chat's trademark.